Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. So this week I'm doing something a little bit different. Um, It's more of a debate topic I think than an actual kind of story. There is still a crime involved but I think it's going to be one to debate. So this week I'm going to tell you the story of Harris Benotti. Samantha, does that name ring a bell to you at all? No, not at all. Sorry. Not at all? <laughs> no, no, that's fine, that's fine. So. No, it'll probably ring a bell once you start talking, but no, the name is nothing. Nothing's coming to me. Okay, that's fine. It's been one of those that's kind of lain in my drafts for a while, to be honest. Like, I, I was one of those of like, should I do it, should I not? Because I don't think it's kind of nor- like like our normal cases almost. Um, But then none of this is normal, I suppose. So... Our story starts in November 2016. So Gary Ferguson, who his first name was Peter, but he was known as Gary. So Gary Ferguson, he was 47 years old. He was originally from Ireland and he was working in Rangoon, which is in Southeast Asia. So Rangoon is now known as Yangon. So that's changed. But in the story, I don't know why I refer to it as Rangoon because it was known as Rangoon until 1989. But that's what I've kind of known it as. Um, and it's the largest city, and I think it's Myanmar, is where it is. And Myanmar is like the known as the Republic and the Union of Myanmar, which is in like it's known as Burma, and it's a country in Southeast Asia. So this is where our story takes place. So you're probably thinking like, what are you talking about? So it's kind of like east of Nepal and north of Thailand is the best way I can kind of describe it. Like when I'm looking at a map that is where I see it on so yeah so Myanmar that's where that is and in Myanmar we are in Rangoon now known as Yangon but I'm going to call it Rangoon sorry if you're not keeping up with me now Gary was described as quite gentle he was born in Bangor in Ireland and they left due to the troubles in Ireland so they moved to the Netherlands and he'd campaigned against war etc and he was kind of known to be a helpful person his family said he was born to help people he was really close with his brothers James and Martin and he loved to travel and love music now he had actually gone on a night out Gary with his wife who's Sepatria his friend um Harris and his girlfriend Elsie so it's the two couples that go on a night out now after their night out they are going to go back to Harris's for some drinks but Gary and Sepatria actually have a baby called Jeremy a son so Sepatria is like I'm going to go home to the son so Gary goes to Harris's with Harris's girlfriend Elsie Harris and himself now Sepatria kind of notices later on at night that Gary hasn't returned home like he should have been home hours ago but he's not she then gets an incoming call from Elsie and Elsie's quite distressed on the phone saying that the men were fighting and she's clearly upset, but she then just hangs up the phone. So Sepatia's obviously like, okay, something's happening, something's not right. Sepatia calls her husband's phone and Harris answers the phone, says that Gary was sleeping, he's all fine, he's just had a bit to drink, so he's having to sleep this off, but everything's fine. But Sepatia just like knew something was wrong like do you have that uneasy feeling of like something isn't right here that's how she felt she knew Harris had a temper and Elsie had actually gone to Sepatria before for support about a relationship with Harris but also because he had physically assaulted her and she'd actually physically like helped her with wounds before so they are aware what kind of person he is now Sepatria went to the house so actually goes to Harris's house and finds the house completely empty apart from Gary in the house and she finds that Gary has been beaten to death 
Now, Gary and Harris just decided not what they met at work. So they both taught English at the Horizon International School in Yangon, um, or Rangoon, Rangoon, sorry, whatever you want to call it. So that's where they met. Harris had only worked there a couple of months, whereas Gary had worked there for over a year. Um, Harris was actually originally from France and his name was originally Harris Stockbridge, but they moved to Dumfries in Scotland and he went to Dumfries Academy. Now, he was academically good. He was a nice boy. He was one of those that was very clever, but also very physically fit. So that's quite popular if you can do like sports. He did karate, but he also was doing really well at his academic studies. He spoke loads of different languages and was known for being a friendly, outspoken guy who wanted to travel the world. And along that journey, he made a lot of friends. Now, when he left Dumfries Academy, so when he left school, he began a kind of downward spiral. So he went and studied engineering at Robert Gordon, Robert Gordon University, sorry, which is in Aberdeen. But he dropped out after 18 months. He was known as being into everything. And when I say everything, I mean drugs. Like he was described as nice most of the time. But when he was then on drugs, he would get into arguments with people for no reason and would become violent. His drug habit was bad, that like he was known to take cocaine, speed, MDMA. He actually smoked salvia at one point. And after doing that, he was seen like drooling and talking incoherently. So it's not even like he would take drugs to like go and have a good time or when people like smoke weed to relax or they take drugs instead of drinking on night out. Like he would be completely like incoherent and would just be a total write off. So two weeks prior to the murder, there'd actually been a party at Harris's and Harris just completely lost his temper and just like kicked everyone out of the party and just like stuck trash in place, just went completely off on one. So that's maybe what happened the night that Gary was there um, and obviously this is something that Harris is able to do. Now the neighbour down the stairs Mayant had heard someone shouting and had heard someone shouting the word go repeatedly and I remember Mayant doesn't speak English so that's the only word she could really understand but there was a lot of shouting. There was also a lot of banging and crashing and objects being thrown. Neighbours had heard similar but they didn't want to intervene which I don't know if that's a cultural thing like here if your neighbours are like shouting and screaming at each other we hear that the amount of times that cases neighbours phoned the police or something went wrong so I don't know why that didn't happen but she didn't call the police. Now after Gary's died so Gary's been killed in this flat but we're assuming by Harris where did Elsie go? Now, Elsie has been approached by the press to this day, but has declined comment and has never been questioned or charged with any involvement in Gary's murder. So, of course, Gary's family are absolutely devastated. Um, Gary died with a fatal head injury and he also had chest wounds. So they can't, I can't really find out much about the scene of the crime or the flat. And I don't know if this is because how it was dealt with in Rangoon. Like, I know, that obviously, in different areas, in different parts of the world, like, crime scenes are done differently. So I don't know if this is maybe what happened there. But I can't find much out about it. But obviously, Harris is the main victim here. They were fighting. He's ended up dead. So the main um, accomplice, not accomplice, what's the word? What is the word? Not the victim, the opposite of the victim. He's the main bad guy. Culprit. He's suspect. Culprit, suspect. Culprit. Yeah. Right, yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So he's the main suspect. However, he hasn't been placed in custody because the day after he actually flew out the country. Now he flew tireways and flew into Thailand, so completely left the country and wasn't stopped. Um, it was a cross-border case now, so this was now down to Interpol. Now I don't know about you, but I don't really know what Interpol was or like what they were really. Um, I don't know if you know Samantha. Um, so Is it Interpol... international police. Yeah, so the International Criminal Police Organization. Um, and it's an inter- inter- international, oh my goodness, international organisation 
that facilitates worldwide police cooperation and crime control. So they have 194 member countries that work together to fight international crime. So this is to like prevent things like this happening. Um, they couldn't believe it. So like his family, obviously, he's just flew away. Like he's literally just jumped on a plane and left the country. So I don't know what situation he was in. I don't know if he was covered in blood. I don't know if he was injured as well. Like I don't, we don't really know what's happened. But he just managed to like leave the country, literally. Now, Gary was created in a Buddhist ceremony, so I didn't actually know that he was a Buddhist, but he was. So in a Buddhist ceremony, there's no burial, so they are created and their ashes are scattered over a sacred spot. And this is meant to help you connect with your loved one's memory. Um, the spot doesn't need to hold significance for the world at large, so it doesn't matter. But he chose, they chose Bangor Island in Ireland, sorry, so they actually scattered his ashes there. So going back to Does Harris, it also not have to. Oh, sorry. sorry. Is it also not like they have a time scale? Does it not have to be like within like twenty four, forty eight hours or something? I don't know. Is that definitely for Buddhists? I think so. I could be talking nonsense and getting other things mixed up, but yeah, I just thought it was a very quick turnaround. Mm. I think it is quite quick turnaround, to be honest, and I think maybe that's how it all happened so quickly. And I think I don't know if he was committed over in Myanmar. I don't really know if he's then committed in Ireland, but it does happen quite quick. Now, Harris is still not found. The family obviously kind of see the authorities and see them do nothing. So they're seeing them as failing to act. But in Burma, where they're staying, like foreigners hardly settle down there, to put it bluntly, let alone commit a murder. So I don't know if the police and like the neighbours are kind of out of their depth and are kind of just like, not my problem and maybe just keeping a bit quiet about it. Now, Interpol put Harris on their most wanted list. So they have a most wanted list, which normally has, like, I'm not too sure about it, but there was nine Brits on the list that had red notices, um, and Harris was one of those people. So a red notice is, like, I think that's known as, like, the most, like, wanted of them all. Um so he's wanted in connection with murder and it says on Interpol actually says the authorities in Myanmar have been seeking the Scot over the death of his colleague colleague teacher Gary Ferguson in November 2016. A request to extradite him in Myanmar was refused. So you're probably thinking you've not told us about that. I'll be telling you about that soon. So someone comes forward three months later like a random person and says that they met Harris in Nepal. Now if you remember when I'm talking to you about it Nepal is kind of like kind of northwest-ish of Myanmar so that's obviously they thought he was going to Thailand but he's now ended up in Nepal they said he was bearded with a Scottish accent and he came over asking where to find cannabis um, he seemed bewildered and was driving a black motorbike so six months later in April 2017 the son boo we hate the son is tipped off to where he is and he's actually apparently living a really nice comfortable life with Elsie she's still with Elsie and he'd been living in Craigton, which is an area in Glasgow, less than a mile away from Govan Police Station. So that's where he is. So it's believed that he was seen visiting like takeaways and he had a big bushy beard and wore a top knot. Now, he was ambushed by press um, when he was chatting about his friends because he was seen on nights out with press and obviously he was very silent. Now, while he was staying here, it's come out that he actually had got jobs in bars and then he'd actually had a job in a call centre in Glasgow. He was known to colleagues as friendly, likeable, not murderer. Um, he went out with his friends, drank, he smoked weed. But apart from that, he was pretty normal. He had disclosed to people he went to Asia, but he didn't tell them much more about it. 
he eventually stopped turning up for work and then the pictures of him by the press was all over the paper. So I think that's obviously what happened. And his supervisor obviously didn't know anything about this. So the press release where he is. Now, Gary's family are obviously furious, being like, he's having a great life. He's got a great job, lives with his partner, seeing his friends, literally lives a stone throw away from a police station. Like, why is this not happening? So they're raising money. They actually raised like 5,000 euros to get help, to get him extradited. But it came out that he actually didn't need people to help him like like he didn't actually they didn't need the money to get help for Gary because he had already contacted police and wanted help from police so Harris had contacted police and argued that he was not a fugitive on the run and he said Gary's death was but an accident and self-defense and he said that when he left Gary was asleep now police Scotland say that Harris wanted to put the crime behind him and they had no authority to arrest him so police Scotland say they can't really do anything about it um, as the crown said there'd be no official request from Burma so he's free to do whatever they want. However, we zoom forward to June 2017 and Burma requests his extradition. So at first, like, I don't know if you know what extradition is, but the action of extraditing a person that is accused or convicted of a crime. So what it basically means is that, like, if they are charged with a crime in another jurisdiction, that they are demanded to return to that jurisdiction. So because he committed the crime in Myanmar, he... They had said, Burma had been like, nope, you need to come back. So he needs to go back and be charged in the country he committed the crime. So Gary's family are like, okay, they're now requesting him. So obviously we're going to send him back over there. No. Despite Burma actually wanting the UK, like, to go, like the UK to send him over, the UK Home Office made sure that he was safe in the UK and they blocked the extradition as this would violate his human rights. So they believed he would face ill treatment, limited access to lawyers and poor sanitation and food. I also believe Gary faced Ill treatment, Ill treatment when he killed him, but that's just my opinion. So they were like, nope, we can't send him over because they, I'll go on to their human rights in a bit, but they have really bad human rights laws, so we cannot send them over. So human rights lawyer Amar Anwar took on Harris's case. Now, I don't know if that name rings a bell to you, but Amar Anwar is a British political activist and lawyer of Pakistani background. Now, he's quite known because he's taken part in like the Stop the War Coalition. He campaigned against quite a lot of stuff. Um, and he's kind of known for being like, you know, like, he, he seems like a great guy, to be completely honest with you, but he is totally for the human rights and he gets involved and he is kind of, is his lawyer in this case. Now, he says if the Home Office did try and extradite him, it would be appealed because of the conditions in this country. And the Home Office said that they were reluctant to do this as he was a British resident and it meant that he could face the death penalty as Myanmar still have the death penalty. So that was obviously, they can't send him over there, which, which I get to an extent, you can't send him over there if he committed murder, so he is probably going to face the death penalty. Now, obviously, Gary's wife, Patria, was stunned at this because Gary, like, Harris, sorry, isn't even laying low. It's not like he's gone and lived somewhere remotely and is like, I'm really sorry for what I did. Like, he's out and about, like, living his best life. Like, locals said they felt uneasy with him living there. He smoked weed, had a lot of parties, but he would also try and, like, put on a Dutch accent. But everyone obviously knows who he was. Like, he's been in the paper. They know that he's not just a random Dutch man. They are very much aware of who he is. Now, Due to the anger in the neighbourhood, he actually moved, but before he did, he posted on Facebook. So he shared the news article of him in The Sun, and he believes it was like a friend of his that had like grasped him forward to The Sun. So he put that out and he said, quote, whoever did this, I hope you're proud of yourself. Peace out. Catch you in the next life. So Harris goes into not hiding, but like off the radar again. 
Now, Gary's family put more pressure on authorities, but nothing is happening again due to the geographical barriers. Now, it's obviously due to the human rights violations in Burma, which is why I couldn't send them. So I think I kind of mentioned that to you. So when I see human rights issues in Burma, like they don't have human rights. So it's like extrajudicial killings, torture, attacks on civilians. There's been mass killings. There's been sexual violence. There's been so many crimes against humanity like there is no freedom of speech there is it sounds like a horrific place for human rights and that is a huge problem itself however they cannot send him back there the UK couldn't send him there knowing that he's most likely going to go to prison he's going to be tortured and he's probably going to get the death penalty because but so this is when we'll get on to debate because he also probably knew that I don't know if he did know that but he also committed the crime of murder in a country with the death penalty so that's when it all gets a bit kind of like mm. So the other option that comes up is they could try him in the UK. However, this couldn't be done. The UK has laws, like as a British citizen commits a crime abroad, they can be tried in the UK. So that is a law. So that's not a law. They can do that. And especially because the UK can't ally with a nation who has like this bad human rights. So it's not like it could then be an ally with them. So they could also try them. However, the cultural gap and make this trial physically impossible as Burma had gathered the evidence completely different, so it was gathered to a complete different standard. There was hardly any witnesses, but if they were, they had a language barrier, so they couldn't speak English, but also they would have to fly from Burma to Scotland to then give the evidence, which is just not going to be done. Like, as much as it's plain and simple, it's just not going to be done. Now, Police Scotland can't do much. They just said they will monitor Harris and look for risks, which I really don't know what that means, but... So Gary's family protests for justice and the families are obviously enraged as the files on the case were actually all held in Burma and actually hadn't even been sent over to the UK. So the UK actually know he's murdered someone, but they don't know to what extent. So the family have never seen these records, let alone the Scottish police. Now, politicians, of course, get involved and the SNP, Joanna Cherry, had actually asked authorities to do something due to Gary's family having to deal with this. But of course, no authority deals with this. Burma authorities want Interpol now to get involved because Burma authorities want to bring him back to the country and try him. So Burma are really, really for this. However, the Home Office were insistent on protecting his human rights and Police Scotland kept saying they had no authority to do this. Years passed with nothing happening, but in August 2020, the son were tipped off his whereabouts again. Which, boo, but they're aware of his whereabouts. Now, he then moved to Govan in a ground floor flat with Elise. Elsie, sorry. With Elsie. He's still with Elsie. I do not understand. But how is Elsie dealing with this? <laughs> I don't understand. So Elsie's never spoken to the press, but why is Elsie with this man? God knows. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think if you knew you killed a man without, you know, because this person was an idiot or, like, caused issues, then I don't know why you would stay with the person. I could understand well, she was if there. She probably saw it. Yeah, maybe she's scared. It could be because there was physical violence there, so that is a potential. But, like, girl, get dumping him. Like, Mm -hmm. genuinely get dumping him. Now, by this point, he does look different. He has shaved his head. He has a bodybuilder figure, which I'll post a photo on the Instagram. So he's known to the neighbours as John. He's friendly, quiet, keeps to himself. So he's gone for, like, a complete different look, which... This time I respect it a bit, a bit more because I'm like, you've stayed away from this like mental lifestyle and are kind of just like living quietly. However, reporters find him again and he's silent again. They also found his mother's house in Dumfries as Harris had gone to visit. 
Now, Gary's family are obviously so, so upset about this that he is still managing to live a normal life. Now, to date, in 2023, he is still on Interpol's most wanted list. His name, his full name is Harris John Italo Bonotti, and he has a red notice still against his name. He's about 32, 33 now, with brown hair, blue eyes. His photos are really outdated, though, so it's unrecognisable. His whereabouts are currently unknown, but they're assuming Glasgow. Now, Gary's family still do not know what happened that night. They believe that maybe Harris had began ta- attacking Elsie like he'd done loads of times before. And um, no, that Harris, sorry, had began attacking Elsie and Gary jumped in to help due to him being so caring. And this is all just what happened. But this is speculation. So that is really the story. But what I kind of want to talk about now is what it was just Sam and I, but it'd be good to hear from you guys as well. What do you think is the right thing to do? So, Samantha, I'll come to you first. What do you think should be done in that situation? Um, I think it's a very difficult one because, like you say, human rights and things, the guy probably doesn't deserve the death penalty or torture. I think, you know, coming from a UK standpoint when it comes to prison sentences, etc., that's just not really done. Well, torture probably is, but you know what I mean. Um Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it seems though he holds no or shows no remorse for what he's done. He isn't apologetic. He's kind of ignoring everything. So I think on that point, he should definitely be tried or sentenced or something needs to happen, not the whole let him live his life and you know we'll keep an eye on him if he is a criminal or whatever or if he does something wrong then we'll deal with it here I think you know I, I understand where they're coming from but at the same time I'm like well he's literally got away with murder because he, he fled the country it, yeah yeah exactly and I think that's my point is I don't think we should send him back across I, I, I really don't like as much as he's committed murder I, I don't really believe in an eye for an eye like because he would be killed over there 100% or he would be tortured yeah and that's going to open another big thing and it's going to cost a lot of taxpayers money. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like, does that then mean I can go to Thailand, kill somebody and come home and I don't then face tra- like charges for it? Yeah. Like, it, is this what we're opening up? Like, it's set the president. Exactly. And I just think for the amount of like, look at domestic abuse, for example, the amount of husbands that kill their wives, if that's what they want you to do, or wives that kill their husband or anybody, you could just go over to a country with somebody kill them and then that's fine you're literally getting away with it because it's not like he killed someone that's from Myanmar at all he killed someone that's also well from Ireland so do you know what I mean someone that's not from there so that's why I'm just kind of like surely there must be a way that we can then try them in this country yeah yeah as like a resident because like if not then you're just opening this gate that if like if you want to kill somebody you just go to a country with less human rights acts and the UK are going to protect you from that but that could just be me. But yeah, I'd love to hear what anyone else has to think about it. Like, if you think he should have been extradited, if you think he shouldn't have been, every opinion is valid and I just would like to hear it. 